0: Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at
1: Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money saver tire and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by.
2: Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 10.04
0: 4 in St. Louis, you're listening to Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. Standing across from me is Action Jackson Burkett. Welcome into the show, a show that solicits your involvement. I know people leave mic drops, Jackson Censors them. Rhino Shield sponsor the mic drops, and you can text in 65780. That's sponsored by Air Comfort Service. We have one hour, and we're going to make the most of it today. We're going to make the most of it today. The Cardinals with a uh, businessman special, uh, and the lineup is out. Jackson. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Edmond will start at second. Paul Goldschmidt will start at first. He's back in the field after a night off and DHing. Tyler O'Neill in left. Nor Arnato is the one who will not be playing in the field today. He's DHing and hitting cleanup. Corey Dickerson is in right. Dylan Carlson's in center with Harrison Bader sitting today. Paul DeYoung is still in there. Uh, Yadier Molina is at catcher, and Sosa will be playing third base and batting ninth. There is your lineup as the Cardinals try to get one from the Mets.
1: Yeah, yeah gotta get more than three hits. Gotta get more than three hits on the night. Or today is a businessman special. Yeah, businessman so. special. Right. A, be- a glorious day for one. Perfect day for a, a day game in the middle of the week. It's perfect day for it.
0: Uh, yeah, high of uh, 75. I don't see a cloud in the sky as I look south from the studios here at Hubbard Radio in Creve Corps, Missouri. Uh, it is a beautiful, game. beautiful day for a ball game. Action, 100%. Jackson. Right. 100%. Uh, can the Cardinals get one? I don't know. But I know this. They need to get one because things have gone awry here over the last few nights offensively. Uh, And then the Blues losing last night. It started really rough in that third period falling three three down uh, in the first nine minutes or so of the second period after a scoreless first. And then they came back with a surge in the third and hit the post in the final few, I guess like about a minute 30 left. And they lose to the Avalanche. Now, I don't know what was going on with Colorado, but they were fired up in that building last night. And the Avalanche came out uh, also fired up. And I guess maybe the thought process was, okay, we've kind of taken it easy here over the last few games. We've lost four in a row. We don't want to set a tone for the playoffs by just totally losing six straight and giving uh, the final six away. So we'll ratchet it up. I'm not sure. Now the Blues are playing shorthanded as well. But uh, the Blues lose and the Wild lose. We were talking about the number oh, yeah. of Minnesota was minus 600 playing against Arizona last night. Oh, meaning yeah. you have to lay, lay $600 down to win 100 Huge, huge favorite. And they lose in regulation. But from a home ice standpoint... The Wild have one game more than the Blues to play. They will play the Flames and the Avalanche. The Blues just have the one home game on Friday night against Vegas. And then that will wrap it up. So it is likely that the Wild get home ice. But hey, if the Flames are playing hard and the Avalanche are playing hard, well, we saw the Avalanche last night maybe the blues just beat vegas and uh, somehow minnesota only picks up a point between now and the end of their season two games and the blues have home ice jackson what odds would you lay that the blues have home ice
1: plus 310 wow plus wow. 310
0: yeah so you're 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 prepared to start this series on the road
1: yeah 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 that's just it's just how i think it's going to pan out and i don't think the blues really need to risk injury just to get home ice. At the end of the day, you gotta beat who's in front of you. So nothing else you can do.
0: Uh yeah, and if that's the case, we talked about home ice advantage. It feels better than actually statistically it bears right, out. Right. Um Tim, I went to the blues game last night and I have a few takeaways. We had a ton of blues fans there last night. Thank you for reminding me of that. As I was watching it and once the blues got on the board and you heard this cheer, I'm like, it sounds it didn't sound like a home game. But it was so noticeable. I was really, mm-hmm. I know a lot of St. Louisans transplant, transplant to Denver. Yeah, yeah. Certainly a lot to Chi Town, but they're going to be overwhelmed in a Chicago building. But in Denver, it was super noticeable last night. Yep. Super noticeable. Uh, also, Colorado is really fast. Three, uh, Cairo and Pareco are two of the softest players I have ever seen. O'Reilly and Walker were the only two who looked like they really wanted to win. And number five, the Avs have a good fan base, but they don't seem to know much about hockey. Hmm. From the three one four. There's
1: a bunch of me's out there.
0: I uh yeah I guess they're focused on the Nuggets. I uh I hadn't heard that criticism of the Denver fan base. I mean they've right. been there now for a while.
1: Yeah, I would imagine. Cold town. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but
0: Am I off the mark on this? And I'm asking you as if there's any chance in the world you know this, I'll but give my them goodness, wouldn't it be something? <laughs> Were the New Jersey Devils originally the Colorado Rockies?
1: I I don't know. I wish I. I I can Google it.
0: No, I know that. But the look on your face looked like I (laughs) just came up from behind you, whispered in your ear. Uh, I believe, Uh, Tim, that guy's an idiot. Cairo had three points. Thanks, six three six. Guy doesn't even watch the games and doesn't believe in them. That's from the six three six.
1: Sorry. Yeah, they were. They were first the Kansas City Scouts. Uh, then they moved to Denver in 76 and became the Colorado Rockies. And in 82, they moved to East Rutherford, took the name of the Devils. How about
0: that? I have, I believe I had one of those games when I was a tyke. Uh-huh. And it's kind of like bubble hockey, except for us in South City, we couldn't right, had,
1: you Couldn't afford the lid. No,
0: absolutely not. And so the alternative was the metal version, and they had all the logos of the team. Sure, yeah, yeah. And I remember seeing a Colorado logo. Yeah, yeah. B- but I mean, I had this thing in the mid to late '80s. Sure. But again, that the toy had probably been handed down right, from you know right. an, originally a West County kid I and somebody been. in the central corridor, maybe like in like off Wydown. Right. And then it got to our neighborhood for Christmas, probably circa '87, and they still had the Colorado Rockies logo. And I remember thinking to myself, I'd look at go,
1: "Who the hell are the Colorado <laughs> Rockies?" <laughs> yeah, it is kind of nuts.
0: And so, for whatever reason, here in 2022. It just hit me that they had a franchise before. Do you know what franchise Jackson? Uh huh. <laughs> Why did you answer like that?
1: Well, was just, I was just—I was nodding in an like, it's affirmation. Like you're pl- it's like you're playing a character now. <laughs> Do you know what
0: franchise became the Colorado Avalanche? I am going to give you ten to one on this.
1: Hartford Whalers. No. Is that that? Uh, was that the? Who did they become?
0: Believe the Hurricanes. Okay. Oh, um, well, you've already lost. So there, I mean, we're, not, we're gonna yeah, fired another guess. Guess oh, like the, the, yeah. inevitably, the Vancouver Grizzlies is where you're gonna guess. The
1: Golden Seals? No. Nope. All right. Well, then I have. Done, I'm out of old NHL teams. That I, Quebec Nordiques. Yeah, you could have given me a thousand chances. So they've been
0: there saying. and they've had a pretty good run. The Avalanche have. So I'm surprised to hear this person saying that uh, they they don't know puck out in Denver.
1: Maybe it's because those uniforms are so brutal.
0: You are really down on the Avalanche uniforms. Do they were work? different last night. They're They're just, they are just like the Diamondbacks matter. in Missouri football. I don't know who shows up.
1: They're just, it's a terrible logo, terrible uniform, terrible colors. Awful.
0: Uh, how do you two deal with these moron textures? Jackson, how about that Grizz finish last night? More <laughs> NBA talk, less Bluzier talk. That's from Beer Cats looking to stir the pot here on 101 ESPN. I know you want to do it. Just do it. Just get it out of the way, because I know you want to talk about it, and I feel like I'm, I'm I'm going to allow you to release it earlier on in the show than you just, like, forcing it at some other point. <laughs> All right. So go ahead and do it.
1: I'll do, like, 30 seconds on it. It's just amazing to see two young stars, Jaws third year in the league, Anthony Edwards second year in the league. Anthony Edwards hits an unbelievable shot with three or seven seconds left, just falling out of bounds, nails a three to tie it. But then he makes, you know, Bill Simmons had a great tweet. Ant giveth and ant taketh away. He goes for a steal at the end of the regular at the end of the game, gambles, misses it, gives Ja pretty much an open lane, and Jaw does what Ja does and finishes the layup with contact and the Grizz win. Just an absolutely awesome finish, but even better to see the league have such great young talent and be on showcase in primetime. It was really sweet. <laughs> there you go. Send in your hate.
0: Why does it feel good to do that? I'm curious. I'm I'm trying to psychologic I'm psychoanalyzing you right now.
1: Feel good to what? Break it down? Yeah, to, to just to be able to to to,
0: to appear on the station uh-huh. and start talking. Like I didn't let you do this on TMA last night. I you tried I noticed you kinda of tried to weave it in a couple times and uh-huh. I kinda of metumboed you. Right. But you feel better doing like that was like a that, it, was, it was, like was like a like, yeah, you released. were like like had a heap of junk in front of you just like oh, All okay. right, I can talk about the grizzlies and T-Wolves
1: now. I'm I'm, just a hoop nut. Like, I love the... But, like, like,
0: I love golf, but I don't feel the need to share it with the people here.
1: Right. But, like, the same way that you love getting into the weeds with baseball is how I feel about getting into the weeds with basketball. So that, like, so I really enjoy doing it.
0: But, okay, I know that there are a lot of people, in particular in this metropolitan area, who like that. Uh Uh-huh. Whereas...
1: I think there. I think people do like it. They're just no. I, well. I
0: agree that they do, but uh-huh. it's just as you would acknowledge it's a smaller amount of people than the people who like the game of baseball in St. Louis. Are you okay? Yeah, water <laughs> Sweet went, Prince. Water oh, no. so, Ryder call nine one one. Jackson's going down.
1: I think I couldn't fully release that Grizz take, so it's it's stuck in the back of my throat. No. Uh, yeah, I agree. There's definitely a smaller percentage, but I think it's an un. A, a, a section that doesn't get enough love. Like people really like bas- basketball in St. Louis as a strong culture. And I feel like it's sometimes undervalued, similar to how I think we undervalue Illinois fighting line nice sports. Look at you.
0: Now, that's a take I agree with. I, 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 I personally do enjoy it. But like I said, I really enjoy golf. Right. But I recognize the majority of the audience doesn't have the same interest in it. And therefore, I don't really bring it to the table here on the show. But for you, and uh-huh. I'm fine with that. Maybe sure. it's because I've been doing this. 20-some-odd years, and sure. I kind of, whatever, understand the program. But for you, it, it I feel like it, feel, it felt good for you, like you needed to talk about the Timberwolves and Grizzlies. Yeah. And once you were able to do it, you felt liberated. I was just... It's like you were coming out. That's what I felt like. I felt like you were like, okay, I've finally done it. Now everybody knows yeah. all I cared about last night, not the Cardinals and Mets, not the Avalanche, not the Blues, this Grizzlies-T-Wolves thing it absolutely captivated my interest.
1: Yep, yep, and now I'm living my truth. My my plan was to just... Well, I support you. I want you to know Thank that. I, I don't know that. what happened with your, your airflow. <laughs> it was limited for a second there, but we're good now.
0: Hey, Jackson, people like NASCAR too, but 75% of the channel will turn it off when you start talking about Dover this weekend. Same thing. Oh, well, NASCAR. 636.
1: NASCAR isn't the, one of the most popular leagues in America, but there's a good... Good comparison, though. Mm.
0: Can't we like both? We yes. don't have to be totally sold, sold out on the blues. Cardinals, thanks. That's from the 618. Amen. Yes.
1: Rational take. Rational take of the day. Gold star to that guy. Uh, I, I Listen, if you're engaged, I'm
0: engaged. That's where I'm coming from. Like the question that I saw last night
1: on the Twitter tweets. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I said, did you share that one on?
0: I never even brought it up on TMA this morning. Right.
1: And I thought it was a good question.
0: I feel like it's actually it actually will be more well received on 101 than on TMA, because the golf thing on TMA can kind of set off. It's, I think it's more of a socio economic thing sure. than it is actually about the sport. But with that said, the question was posed: Could two plus two handicaps scramble, in other words, playing right. you know best ball uh, and beat um, and, and win the Masters? Yeah. And, and the answer to that is no, and no. it's not even a sweat. No. Now you give me two plus fives, and now maybe we're we talking... can have a conversation. Right. But again, it's kind of getting into the weeds on something because some people think I think a lot of people think scratch golfer is the best you can be, right. and the reality is I think Bubba Watson, who's a great player, but not by any means one of the you know current top tens in the world, uh, is a plus seven point six. Right. So right. You then, know,
1: There's a big difference.
0: But this guy in St. Louis, who I've played with, named Chris Nagel, who's currently a plus five point six.
1: Right. So he, that
0: gives you an idea of, uh, and he's he, he's not on corn ferry. Right, you right. Know, he's played some corn ferry
1: events. And the difference between a pro like plays on tour or even gets some exemptions, and scratch is such a wider difference than a scratch and a pl- and a minus seven, like a yeah. seven handicap. The, the difference there is massive. It's almost all on putting.
0: Uh, Guys, I for one am a loyal listener, strictly for the thrilling story arc of Action Jackson slowly taking over the show. That's from the six three. What I'm doing? Are you trying
1: to take over the show?
0: Yeah, that, that's. I, it. I trust me. I'm not going to put up a bunch of <laughs> No, I was going to say.
1: <laughs> I was going to say if if I wanted to make the Ty Lue or Allen Iverson step over happen, it could happen.
0: Jackson NASCAR moment. is more popular than the NBA in St. Louis. Thanks, six one eight.
1: Statistically false. Is but it? Whatever.
0: Yeah. So you're basing this on television ratings? Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, I don't know. I don't think it would be tough to use any other metric. Uh,
0: Something uh, with regards to the Blues last night. I thought people, like I'm following Jeremy Rutherford's friend, uh, Michael Russo, covers the uh, Wild for uh, the Minnesota chapter of The Athletic. Sure. And seeing as the Blues will be playing the Wild, I started following him. And the way they're treating that game last night, and they're treating home ice there Mm -hmm. versus the... Interest level, for lack of a better term, here in St. Louis, I feel like they're in two different worlds. Now, I could be off on this read, but they were, I, felt, I mean, granted, they were losing to the Coyotes the worst. Right. The Blues were losing to one of the, the best, best yeah. even though the Avalanche motivation certainly isn't where you know it would be if they were really competing for something at the moment. And it felt like devastation in Minnesota last night. Granted, you're losing to a team that's, you know, mm. essentially a homeless operation that commutes between Tempe and Glendale. But uh I, I and I wonder if that is if it really does get back to twenty nineteen and blues fans are just like, yeah, home ice. Whatever. Right. The exactly. Blues, they they picked up a point in 16 straight. I mean, we're, we're good. Right. So whether it starts in Minnesota. And here's the thing. I'll say this from watching God only knows how many playoff series now in my life of, of Blues hockey going back to the 1980s. And I, I wonder if, if what the audience's thoughts on this are. Uh, I feel like there's less pressure when you start the series on the road. Because if you split, you're like, all right, That's, now I got game victory. three at home. Right, I, that, and listen, it may mean absolutely nothing. I want to make that crystal clear, but I'm telling you, I, the, the Blues have a streak. It's it's not real fun. It actually carried over into 2019 against uh, the Stars in Game 5, where they would come home in a, in a best-of-seven tied with uh, 2-2 with home ice for Game 5 and lose it. it. It goes back to, I think, 2012 or 13. I think it started with the Kings. Uh, happened against the Blackhawks on a Friday night. I was at that one, saw Ryan Miller get beat. Definitely happened against the Sharks on a Friday night in the second round. Point being, um, I think oftentimes for the fan, having home ice feels better but I think maybe for teams, they, you know, I, I, in talking with guys who won that cup, for whatever reason, and I really don't, I, it's, it always has surprised me when I've had this conversation with guys, they felt a huge amount of pressure for game six against the Bruins. And then they get on the play and they're like, we're going to win yeah, that on... night. This, this is a, this is, these, are, these are firsthand anecdotes because in the part they're like, we know that they are now going to deal with what we just dealt with right. and it's going to be brutal. Right. and they don't know what they're about to deal with, but we do, and we know how difficult it was, and so the pressure is going to be on them, and we've won on the road all year long, so we're about to win the Stanley Cup. They were flying to Boston after losing Game 6 at home, a night that I think 90% of St. Louisans thought was going to be one of the greatest parties in the city's history, and they're flying to Boston where most St. Louis Blues fans are going, oh my God, this is going to be brutal, I'm going to lose in Game 7, and they're thinking, we're going to win the Cup. Yeah. So I... so. Yeah, I don't know. In Minnesota, maybe they're feeling it a little more than in St. Louis. I don't feel like people are really all that irritated. Maybe it's because it was the avalanche. Mm, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Almost kind of like And also
0: the Blues didn't have Perron, didn't have Shen, didn't have Mortuzo. Bennington was in net. I don't know. Yeah. I just don't feel I feel like there's a lot more angst about home ice in Minnesota than there is in St. Louis. There is my finally getting home with my point.
1: Yeah. I think that's a good call. You're kinda playing with free money essentially when you play on the road I kinda I wonder if that's it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean you're like if as long as we get one win out of this we've we've neutralized home ice and for the team playing at home in the first two games like we need to win these first two games
0: uh guys the team is weirdly awful whenever there's a lot of pageantry before the game give me road ice that's from the six three six yeah you had I mean they won the first two on the road to Winnipeg in 2019 right. Uh, you know, won some crucial games. Obviously, goes without saying you can't win the cup without winning crucial games on the road. But some games where you're thinking, man, this thing's on the brink. They had to go after losing Game Five to the Stars. They had to go to Dallas. And win, and they won comfortably. Granted, Bishop got hurt, but uh, they won comfortably. And then came back, and you had the classic Game 7. And I think a lot of Blues fans are like, oh, if we stomped them in Game 6, Game 7, this is going to be a walk off to the Western Conference Finals. And then the Stars came out and played a classic with the Blues. So I think it might be more and I, it also just might be hey these two teams have known they're going to play each other for about 2 or 3 weeks so we just have to create some semblance of drama in the sure. whole scheme of things the blues win game 1 in minnesota and, and you know you're feeling like great we got home ice uh, your thoughts welcome 65780 i want to get into the cardinals and the mets the cardinals hit three mets hitters Uh, Chris Bassett of the Mets made some comments following the game. Uh, The Mets were certainly pissy about the situation. And uh, we'll also discuss the Cardinal offense, which I think isn't really getting much attention. Maybe it is now, but relative to the Cardinal pitching. And perhaps our eye is off the ball, no pun intended, with where the issues may lie. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. So it's going to be another tester today for the Cardinals as they're up against Carlos Carrasco, former Met Steven Matz on the mound for the Cardinals. Uh, the lineup is out for the 12:15 start. We talked about it right at the top of the balloon party. Nolan Arnato is getting the day off in the field, but he will be at cleanup hitting DH. and Harrison Bader also gets the day off. You will not see him in the lineup. Instead, you'll see Corey Dickerson in right and Dylan Carlson in left. Paul DeYoung is in there. A lot of my attention so far uh, this year, and really in the offseason, was on Paul DeYoung. And, and part of that is the statistical issue that he has had uh, offensively, really dating back to the latter portion of the 2019 season and the 2019 postseason, and also the surplus of shortstops that were out there. And I thought that the Cardinals, mistakenly I thought, that the Cardinals would, would address that and him, and I thought he would be a trade play, and the Cardinals would essentially go as all in as they could with the final year of Yadier Molina and I'm Wainwright, and uh, my question on the Cardinals, once they clearly weren't doing that, and the only big acquisition this year, if you even want to call it that, is the guy starting today in Steven and Matz. So when people were saying, I'm high on the offense, I'm more concerned about the pitching, and that certainly was amplified after the Flaherty and Reyes situations. Uh, I was uh, even in more of minority, once again, an oxymoron when I was saying I'm concerned about the offense and by no means is this because I'm wrong about you know nine out of 10 things that I say. So this isn't a spike in the football, we're three weeks into the season. But the offense is uh, is getting attention now and uh, the, the key pieces that are at this moment struggling are in the outfield. Bader at 212. Uh, Carlson is at a buck 94. And Tyler O'Neill is hitting 200. Uh, the entire outfield, as a whole, has 14 RBIs at this point on the season, and 10 of those come from Tyler O'Neill. And then, of course, you have DeYoung. He had a hit last night, and he also hit a ball that I thought was gone off the bat. I don't know if you were watching Jackson if the Grizzlies had called the timeout or not, <laughs> but uh, DeYoung hit a ball right off the bat that I thought was yard. But again, we're not seeing balls travel. Uh, and it was a little colder at the ballpark last night. we're not seeing balls travel in 2022 like we have seen in the past. And we talked about that yesterday with the uh, Joel Sherman New York Post article and how teams may have to alter their their strategies with balls not flying out of the park with these humidors. So with that all said, the Cardinals starting staff has been pretty good. Um, the offense is where the issues are at this moment. Goldschmidt was uh, start off to a slow start. Things warmed up after the series in Cincinnati. Arnado has been on a heater it's certainly cooled off as you would expect but he's still hitting 344 with uh, an OPS over a thousand but the question marks in the outfield and at shortstop and it's not like Edmundo Sosa is doing a whole lot either he's hitting a buck 88 with a 423 OPS I think has called attention to what was my concern going into the season what has been added Where is the net addition on offense when you date back to 2019 and the team that went to the NLCS? And if you go, well, what was their flaw? Their flaw was offense. That was on full display against the Nationals. And yes you have certainly added Noan Arnato Can't ignore that. I mean, I don't know if anybody's added uh, much better than Noan Arnato since then, but you've also lost the guy who was the best offensive player at that time and Marcelo Zuna. So how much of a net positive is it? And therefore, how much have you really improved it? And I feel like that hasn't gotten all that much attention, which was the source of my consternation. And if you already go into a game with DeYoung and Yadi or Molina starting, and therefore, you know, two out of the nine spots are going to likely be... Uh, and listen, they'll get hits and they'll get home runs here and there, but likely be offensive problems. And then that means when you have any of the three outfielders who are struggling um, and or uh, take your pick of whenever Arnado and Goldschmidt aren't raking, you got, yourself, you got yourself a lineup that is going to get cut down. And that's what you've had happen here the last couple of nights. You also are facing a team in the Mets who are actually good. As opposed to what you know, piled up the wins early on—a right. combination of the Pirates, the Royals, um, and uh, the, the Reds and the Marlins. So when they've played the Brewers and the Mets to date, they are two and four. Now, as far as do they look like they don't belong in the same field as the teams? Absolutely not. They look like they're they're just fine competing with these teams. And if anything, they were on the verge of getting one of the biggest wins of the year on Monday night. Right. And those things are going to happen. They're going to steal some and they're going to give some away. Yep. And they're going to have them stolen from them. And that's what happened on Monday night. But offensively, if you take a look at where things are for the Cardinals, 16 games into the season, uh, there have been a pretty decent amount of games where you go, oh, that's a little that's a little surprising. As a matter of fact, uh, of these seven losses, uh, the Cardinals have scored 0 one, or two runs in six of the seven. So with that said, it's early. They're going up against Max Scherzer, Chris Bassett, Carlos Carrasco's off to a good start. Yep. Granted, it's 18 innings of baseball at this point, so it's super small sample size theater. But the premise is this, what was done to add to the offense? And, yes, I recognize, and I'm excited also by Albert Pujols, but you know there was a reason he was out there with a week left in spring training, And Corey Dickerson, same thing. The reason he was out there with a week left in spring training. They will hit. They will hit, though, against the teams that everybody else is going to hit against. Right, exactly. So from that standpoint, I recognize a lot of the attention is on the rotation, but uh, keep your eye on the offense. And, yeah, Max Scherzer, who's going to hit against Max Scherzer? Chris Bassett's a damn good pitcher. Certainly doesn't have the Q rating, the recognition that Max Scherzer does. He can deal. And this guy in in Carrasco, he absolutely can pitch, and he's Mm -hmm. off to a good start. He's just obviously dealt with some uh, situations here that have kept him from being able to pitch like he had before. So with all of that said, the Cardinals have gotten tested by two teams so far this year, and they are 2-4. and And let's see how Steven Matz does today against the Mets. Uh, This is his former team, and the Cardinals will be looking to get one win out of this series uh, before they take on a team that they should beat the hell out of. Right, exactly. And the
1: Diamondbacks. Right, and it's almost like you want to get, you know, you play all these teams that, like we've talked about, Quad A or in the case of the Reds, possibly Triple A. But it's good to get those games at the beginning of the season, especially with pitchers not having the time they had in spring training and let the offensive bats heat up a little bit. You, I'd rather do that than have the Cardinals play the top teams in the NL at the beginning of the season. I know that's not a groundbreaking take by any means, but, you know, get what— Beat the teams you can and then try to steal some or have some good performances against some really good offensive teams.
0: Uh, we have three straight texts from three different numbers asking about Jeff Albert. I don't have an answer to it. It's, uh, it's not something that is uh, new, but it is something that has been a constant over the last couple of years with regards to discussion anytime the Cardinals struggle offensively. And what I would continue to say is the Cardinals offensively haven't necessarily been world beaters for a while Mm -hmm. but you know when you get into the playoffs and now i feel like getting into the playoffs in major league baseball organizations will use that the same way college football programs will use getting into bowls but their meaning has a hell of a lot different value in 2022 than it did in 1992. Mm -hmm. but yet coaches or athletic directors say we go to bowls around here well that's lovely so do 80 other teams Uh, And now in baseball, a lot of teams, especially when you include 2020, went to the playoffs, but might not have necessarily been great teams. Cardinals needed an 18-game winning streak last year to get into the one-game playoff. Uh, They played three playoff games against the Padres in the COVID-shortened year. And they didn't look like they belonged in the same field with the Nationals in 2019 when they got to the NLCS. But they got to the NLCS. But it wasn't because of offense. The fact that they didn't look like they belonged in the same field because the Nationals was actually because of the offense. Right. And so that is what my, my core issue has been. And I think last year, because the starting pitching was beat up, Um, the focus was on why aren't they going out to get a starting pitcher? Why aren't they going out to get a starting pitcher? And you might have had some offensive outliers versus who people actually really are are so far unfortunately most of the guys who may have been outliers at this point have had a really rough april let's see how they respond today against carlos carrasco and then four against the diamondbacks cardinals and mets 12-15 chris bassett was banty last night after the game jackson uh... he was critical of major league baseball and what major league baseball is doing with the balls and how the cardinals hit three of his teammates you will hear from him coming up on the other side of the break you are listening to balloon party on one 101 ESPN.
2: We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
0: Welcome back balloon party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you here to the top of the hour. BK and Ferrario coming up at 11 a.m. Action Jackson, Chris Bassett last night, the Mets starter, was uh, fired up. The Mets were fired up. Cardinals hit him three times. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, one of these was Starling Marte in the ninth inning with the bases loaded and it scored a run. And Andrew Kisner's looking at Marte when he was looking out, um, looking, and you were going, "Oh man, are we about to go here?" Right, right. And then Kisner's like, "Dude, <laughs> come on, it's a two nothing game. Do you think we're yeah? That's, you know, I mean, be a bold move now. With you know, if I got hit by ninety plus in the you know back, I yeah. wouldn't be in a great state of mind either. So I can't necessarily fault anybody for." Uh, being on tilt, so to speak, in that moment, the one that really got the Mets going, though, was Pete Alonso. Oh, yeah, Buck Showalter said it split his helmet.
1: Yeah, that was. I mean, that was a heater right. I mean, he just went beeline right to his dome. I mean, yeah. that's gonna you're gonna wait. You're gonna get up from that and be angry. And, you know, obviously not intentional, but you're gonna get up angry.
0: Scherzer was all fired up in the dugout. I wasn't even pitching, all fired up. And I got to tell you, I like that. I really <laughs> like that. I like that a whole lot. And if he were in the birds and the bat, I think everybody would be happy in general. But if he were on your team, you right. would like that too. And he was screaming, and they were all fired up, and they got out of the dugout. But Chris Bassett was the starter, and he you know, certainly probably wasn't happy with the Cardinals, but he actually blames Major League Baseball for the situation. Here's what he has to say about all the times his teammates have gotten hit this year and the three times last night. He says there's a reason for it. What is the level of overall frustration with the fact that it keeps happening at this at this clip?
3: Yeah, um, it's it's extremely annoying to see your teammates constantly get hit. And if we get hit by certain pitches, it's, it is what it is. But to get hit in the head, the the amount they were getting hit is it's unbelievable. Um, I had some close calls tonight, um, which i am been hit in the face. I don't ever want to do that to anybody ever. But uh, the MLB has a very big problem with the baseballs. I mean, they're bad. Everyone knows it. Every pitcher in the league knows it. They're bad. They don't care. The MLB doesn't give a damn about it. They don't care. Um, we've told them our problems with them. They don't care. What are the problems
0: with them? What's different about them?
3: They're all different. The, f- the first inning, they're 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 decent. The third inning, they're bad the fourth inning they're okay the fifth inning they're bad um then we have different climates Every, everything's everything's different there's no new, there's no common ground with the balls there's nothing nothing the same outing to outing they're bad
0: it's chris bassett met starter last night at bush stadium following his teams win he was the starter for new york um, I have to be real straightforward here with the audience. Jackson, you call this show Honesty in Media, and mm-hmm. you also call it Moron Sports. Right, both. So I this is the first time I've heard this complaint in 2022. Now, I know there are every ballpark's using a humidor this year, uh-huh. and that is a theory as to why we haven't seen as much offense across baseball, not just with the Cardinals when they play good teams, um, and certainly a lack of home runs at the moment relative to the standard uh, average I do recall in 2009, John Smoltz was on the mound for the Cardinals. In that brief time, he was with the Cardinals. He was a trade deadline acquisition from the Red Sox. And he was pitching for the Cardinals against the Reds. The Cardinals and Reds, this was before Molina and Brandon Phillips. That happened in 2010. But they were already a bit sideways. And the umpire kept throwing a ball out there. Smoltz just kept rolling it in over to the bat boy. Mm -hmm. Here's another ball. Rolled it in. And the Cardinals' contention was they weren't scuffing up the balls. Now, when people hear the term scuffing up the balls, as baseball fans, you picture, you know, somebody with a you yeah. know, nail flower. Yeah, doctoring the ball. Right. You know, the Necro brothers, Gaylord Perry, whatever you got sure. from old school, doctoring the ball. And uh, we wrote about Julian Tavares running in one time and throwing his hat into the crowd so they couldn't get the evidence. Uh, <laughs> this happened in 2004 with the Cardinals. So with all of that said... Um, it actually, in a kind of counterintuitive way, I think hitters actually like when the pitchers can do it to an extent sure. because then the pitcher will have a better feel for the ball right? and you won't see what happened last night with Pete Alonso. Right. Uh, and you won't see what happened last night with Starling Marte. Uh... I, I'll be curious to see what happens in today's game.
1: Mm-hmm. If they send, them, if send one back.
0: They will see each other again. They won't see each other again in St. Louis. But yeah, will a message be sent?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a...
0: And, and based on what Bassett said, it doesn't sound like Bassett... We've heard plenty. I've been in plenty of clubhouses following games where teams were firing each other.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I remember Jeff Facero, who was with the Cardinals briefly, and just was like, yeah, of course we're thrown at him. You know, and it's like, whoa, you're talking about ordering the hit. you right, know? Exactly. And that was back when Tony La Russa and Dusty Baker were at their all-time high in 2003 of going back and forth at each other. There's a famous shot of them screaming from dugout to dugout at Wrigley Field. Like, yeah, of course I threw at him. And he got fined, even though you know, I think anybody who follows the game knows it happens. Right, and exactly. if a hit is ordered, the hit is executed. And that's just the way it is. And the hit usually takes place in the form of a fastball in the lower back. Yep. Maybe the ass. Either way, that's the way that it goes down. I do not believe the Cardinals were trying to throw at Pete Alonzo's head, and I doubt the Mets think that, too. Yeah. Furthermore, if you listen to Bassett there, Bassett's not going, the Cardinals, man, they're headhunters. For
1: sure, they're not. He's, He's not
0: complaining about, about baseball and mm-hmm. baseball not caring. What I'm saying is this. The Cardinals' complaint in 2009 with Cincinnati was specific to that ballpark. Um this is Chris Bassett not talking about Bush Stadium and not talking about the Cardinals, but talking about how baseball is in having a uniform ball. And what I am saying right now here on the show, Jackson, is I hadn't heard this complaint. So mm-hmm. that catches me off guard. Yeah, and, and that, that is that's concerning from a player's health standpoint. Certainly, pitchers don't like it because they can't get a feel for the ball from inning to inning, but from a from a hitter standpoint, I mean, Jordan Hicks last night gets hit on the hand. Who knows what his situation is right, going to be. Right. Imagine if if that helmet doesn't protect Alonzo last night. That yeah. could have been oh, a really rough scene. So
1: scary. Yeah, I had read an article about it yesterday, like right before the first pitch of the Cardinal game, which was timing was crazy because that was the first time I heard about it, and then you see the three uh, hit batters there. So that uh, yesterday was the first time hearing about the bass. It wasn't the first one I've heard complain about it, but it's something interesting to track – and see if ML, Major League Baseball does anything about it.
0: Uh, Tim, do you think Diaz was trying to hit Carlson in the ninth? Four pitches all the way inside, and his run wouldn't have mattered. So I go into the bottom of the ninth wondering specifically if the Mets are going to engage in some retribution. And my thought process, so i kind of going back and forth about it, which speaks volumes to my hobbies that I'm actually thinking this out, <laughs> and I'm thinking, I don't think so because you got a tight game and you don't want to give it away here. The right. better time to do it keep an eye on the first or second inning today. Yeah, good call. <laughs> but, you know, you got 3 nothing in the ninth, and your closers out there, and he had to pitch last night in a game where they you know, were trailing in the ninth, so he wasn't necessarily in the mindset he was going to throw. Sure. So I'm thinking through it that way, and I'm thinking, so he did hit Carlson, but it was kind of a, you know... It wasn't the the standard way a player gets hit if it's retribution. We can all, I think, visualize right now what it looks like when it's retribution. And it's a fastball that has no chance for the catcher to get, and it's in the lower back or right on the butt, the glutes, whatever. It's almost
1: transactional.
0: Yeah. Yes, it is. You you can see it. The Carlson one, I didn't really think so. I didn't really think so. But— You know, I get it. Certainly, hey, if you're not trying to show that you're hitting a guy, that would be a way to do it. (laughs) Yeah. But I would think you want to get a guy and you want to get him good if you really think that. But again, Bassett wasn't complaining about the Cardinals. I mean, he's an Oakland guy. It's not like he's got any bad blood with the Cardinals. Um, But Scherzer was fired up. Alonzo was fired up. They're screaming. Michaelis is jawing. Dakota Hudson looked like he was laughing. He was. That was great. Uh, And so today might be. might get some fireworks if you're going to the businessman special
1: yeah first two innings it might just like you like you said it's just like you wear it and the player almost like knows it's coming like okay see a pitch inside i'm gonna take my base and then now we're now we're square
0: almost jackson i we just had so much last night with the blues and the cardinals that i couldn't get to it but i like this question and we were talking about in the commercial break as i've said for those of you who listen on a regular basis jackson sends over these questions to just basically get my bizarro world mind going, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, usually in the 5 o'clock hour the night before, and one of them was about the hot take culture and over-the-top nature of analyzing sports on TV, radio, social media, podcasts. When did it become so in vogue, and will it go, and I could, I could do three hours on this without a commercial break, right. uh, not to say that it necessarily uh, would make any sense, <laughs> and it would uh, certainly digress into 30 other topics while I do it, but yeah. I I didn't know, and I said to you, I said I, in the commercial break just now, I said, I really like that question. I just, with the Cardinals and the Mets situation, and then with the Blues losing to the Avalanche and one game left in the regular season, I, I'll i focus on that today, and then maybe we'll do it tomorrow. I didn't know that Stephen A. Smith got into more trouble yesterday. That was the impetus for your
1: question. Yeah, he kind of had to pull back. Uh, from and what his... is he
0: pulling? Ben Simmons? Yeah,
1: he's been going after Ben Simmons. So he kind of had to pull ben back. Ben
0: Simmons, the Nets, freshly traded, uh, from Philly. Yeah, did not play games. And game didn't play, yet. and this is some mental health issues that's been talked right, about. Right,
1: combined with back soreness, but more so, I mean, he's had, in the past year and a half or so, he's had to come back off of other things He said, and it's just like... Stephen A. Smith, not Steve, Simmons. Stephen A. Smith, not Ben Simmons, but uh, yeah, Stephen A. Smith has had to kind of pull back, in a sense, maybe not issue apologies in every case, but pull back in a sense, because of just the kind of over-the-top nature, more so going to guys somewhat personally than he is professionally, and I'm just curious, you know, when do you think that started, and why is it so invoked? Yeah,
0: I, I, I who knows? Maybe we wind up doing a whole show on it tomorrow. I don't know. I've yeah. got a few anecdotes on it uh, as far as people who were put in the position when they were auditioning um, at ESPN, mm-hmm. and were actually told not necessarily give us a take. Well, actually, yeah, kind of. It just it wasn't said that way, right? Um, and my thoughts on and you said, and you were just saying this was just me and you joking around. I'm not revealing anything from inside the room. You go, yeah, but for six million dollars, maybe I'd become a hot take guy. And and listen, when you're talking about sports, I suppose in the whole scheme of things, it's it's benign. Sure. But I think people taking money to spew false opinions and or information, yeah, Is it is it is it the, is it the crux of uh, a, a, an American problem? Sure. And so yeah, I, from my standpoint, uh, it's not something that I would do. And by no, I'm obviously I'm an immoral human being. I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm without <laughs> mores. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for whatever reason, I I wouldn't. I just wouldn't. I'm dead serious. I wouldn't do it. Right. I mean, I know I could. I know the act. I know how to play the sure, game. I sure. could sit here and scream about who who could who, tell me who I could scream about. You know, i like name him.
1: Ben Simmons would be a good start. Well, I mean, locally,
0: Paul DeYoung. Sure, I could scream about that, and then call out the Cardinals for being cheap and not signing sure. Corey Seager to three hundred twenty million dollars, and do the whole thing and get everybody riled up. I can do it. Yeah, you know. But it's not how I feel and I'd be lying to the audience yeah. and I don't want to do that right. you know so but listen hey man I, I'm not I'm not chastising specifically anybody who does it I'm just saying that is the business model that is the business model mm-hmm. It's absolutely the business model and in one of your questions in this thing was you know is it is that ever going to go away and I don't think it's going to if anything I think it's probably going to get get more prevalent just because that's where the money is sure. so. If you got a PL that's in the black, why would you change up the strategy and risk going into the red? Uh, we got to take a break, I assume. I just operate on the assumption that anytime I'm talking, we need to break because I go on and on and on. This is Balloon Party. I want to
2: We are right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
0: Hello. Goodbye. It's been fun. <laughs> I got I got a Jackson, you got to start throwing things at me when I'm going too long. I think I start it in the first segment, and then I go too long, and this is what's happened. So no, we're late, and we got to go, and I'm sorry to BK and Ferrari and Tanner. This has been Balloon Party on 101
2: ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.